Dueling Dialogues is brought to you by our affiliates at IX Web Hosting. Click the banner on the right left chronicles.com to get up to 40% off your first year of the best hosting on the planet. Today's episode of Dueling Dialogue is brought to you by Saucy Eva. Gma's marinade is coming soon to a plate near you to gourmetize your meats and proteins. Coming to you from that once forgotten artery that pulses through the center of the continental United States and into the heart of the Ozarks, Grace Matthews. Looking in from the northern border, our Canadian friend, along with his countrymen feeling the effects of U.S. political issues, Connor Murphy. Welcome to Dueling Dialogues, episode 25. I'm Connor Murphy with Grace Matthews all the way in Springfield, Missouri. Hi, Grace. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I see the light at the end of the tunnel. I think my cabinet doors are going to go on this weekend. Oh, perfect. Perfect. (laughs) Yeah, it's been weeks since I've had my stove. It's been a long haul. (laughs) It sure has. How are you? Good. It's uh, cooler today. We're getting to fall weather here and, uh, you know, it's kind of gloomy out. So energy's a little bit low. Which is not good because I know we have a lot to talk about today. We sure do. You know, Trump has, actually, he's had a pretty darn good week. He has. You know, it reminds me of that song, I'm Winning. (laughs) Right. You know, and uh, he pretty much is. He has found a way to win on his own, the Trump way. I guess, first of all, we should mention the fact that the NFL has responded to his angry cries about the players standing at attention for the national anthem. Right. Because Roger Goodell finally put out a letter saying that they expected the players to follow the rule book and stand for the national anthem. Okay. Yeah. The rule, it's always been in the rule book, but they obviously haven't enforced it. And and I do believe that Trump is right. Had they enforced it when Colin Kaepernick first, you know, took the knee, then they probably wouldn't be in the place they are now. However. I, I would agree with that for sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, however, I don't like Kaepernick. I don't like the fact that I know who he is because, you know, he's an angry person. But, you know, he really took the knee for a reason that meant something to him. Now, why not do something? I agree. You know, if you believe that black men are being targeted by police, taking a knee during the national anthem is probably not the best way to go about it. Right. You know, you've if you're making great money, you know, be in the lives of of some children. You know, the Big Brother program, I think, was a good program. Do something like that. Because things are a lot better when men are in the lives of children. I mean, they don't do things right. I'll be the first to tell you. They don't change diapers correctly, and they don't clean up. But kids need men. So I digress a bit. But the fact is, Roger Goodell put out a letter I'm calling for everyone to stand for the national anthem, and he called for a meeting with the owners next week so that they could possibly come up with a punishment, an appropriate punishment for those that didn't, because you know there are going to be some that are going to take them heat, because now it's a thing. 
Yeah. Yeah. And that's what happens if you let something fester, any bit of insubordination. So running big teams of people in the past, I totally agree with you. Goodall should have stepped in uh, a long time ago and and dealt with the situation. And here it's been festering, what, a, almost a year, if not yeah, longer? Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of his moves have been unpopular. I'm not that wild about him. Uh, but I will tell you, he married Jane Skinner. They've been married for a long time. She was a news person. She is absolutely lovely brownie-making lady. She's, you know, he married well because she's darling. So I just thought I would throw that in there for fun. What kind of brownies <laughs> are we talking here? I don't know, but everybody seemed to love them. Like BC brownies, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I think they were supposed to be good and gooey chocolatey, but I don't know. <laughs> You know? <laughs> knows what she was putting in those brownies is yeah. what I'm saying. When people like them that much, you got to wonder, right? Yeah. So. All of a sudden, you got a whole new bunch of friends. Exactly. And speaking of friends, there's some friends that are probably on the outs, as we say down here in the Ozarks. Okay. Harvey Weinstein, or Steen, whichever way you want to go, has been behaving badly for many years. It's been dubbed as the worst, best kept secret in Hollywood. Yeah, right. <laughs> Apparently, he wasn't much of a secret. No, you're exactly right. He did everything from harass to rape women, and basically, he used his position. Right. And these women, for many years, were afraid to turn him in, afraid they wouldn't work in Hollywood. I mean. Weinstein Productions and him as a producer are huge in Hollywood. Yeah. I, I mean, you, you have to basically work for them at some point, right. apparently. Or they're so, connected one way or another. Exactly. Now, many of these women have clearly made a lot of money, won a lot of awards, and I, I feel like they could have came forward sooner. They, they, they had become powerful enough to come forward. And in a lot of ways, these are the same women that argued and behaved as if people in the Midwest, people that made less money, were too stupid to stand up to men. Harvey Weinstein was one of the biggest Democratic donors in the country. Hmm. I did not I know mean, that. he gave a lot of money, and not just to federal candidates, but to a lot of state candidates. He gave a lot of money to the to the Clintons for the Clinton Foundation, to the Obamas, ah. among others. The Obamas actually let Malia, their daughter, intern for him last year. <laughs> So now the Obamas, you know, if it was a bad secret that everybody knew, that, that part bothers me because they, I don't believe that the Obamas are bad parents, okay? You know, yet they sent their daughter to wow. intern for him. I, yeah. I don't know. That's, that's a part of that story that really bothers me. So are you suggesting that because he was a Clinton supporter uh, that this may have been coming from Trump? That has been suggested. 
Okay. And about from people that support the Clintons. Right. Now I will tell you, hmm. I hope to hell it's true. It doesn't matter. I, I, he, who yeah, he needed him? to be I, exposed. Yeah. He needed to be exposed. So you know, the what maybe maybe Bill O'Reilly was out there helping him. Yeah. You know, well, Bill O'Reilly well, said, "There's things to come." I mean, and this guy was really bad. I mean, they have tapes of him, and he's he's basically admitting that he touched and groped uh, women and, and over and over again. In fact. We heard yesterday, um, Brad Pitt is from Springfield, same okay. place I'm from. He used to date Gwyneth Paltrow. And apparently, while they were dating, she complained to Brad that Harvey had been inappropriate with her. And apparently, he went to a party and stuck his pointer finger in Harvey's chest and pounded it a little bit and said, Listen, you ever touch her or do anything again to her? I will give you a Missouri whipping. <laughs> now, let me tell you, I've seen Missouri whippings, and um, I don't blame Harvey. He, he apparently never bothered Gwyneth Paltrow again. Well, he okay. didn't want a Missouri whipping from Brad Pitt. So um, it's very sad. Apparently, he flew to Arizona to check into a sex clinic. You know, sex oh, work. You know that that's what they all do. I don't know. Oh, yeah. A few, few hours of that therapy and he'll be good yeah. to go. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. So. It, it, for those that can't detect sarcasm, that was sarcasm. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? I just realized, hey, yeah. maybe it somebody out there. It's sad that the women went through what they did. Yes. It, it's, it's also very sad that this was so politically charged. You know, right. people that live in glass houses should not throw rocks. Right. You know, out of that same camp came things like, you know, people needed to quit. Women needed to quit watching Fox News and HGTV, which made me watch more Fox and HGTV, that women needed to stop that and vote for Hillary Clinton because of the big bad men controlling our lives. And that's the only reason we would be voting for Trump or someone besides the woman running, you know. Well, you got to have more than being a woman. Yeah. So, Well, wherever it's coming from, we uh, we hope that uh, it's done and finished and the catch, casting coach is retired. Exactly. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Okay, but today is a very good day. Okay. President Trump signed a executive order, which will allow us to buy insurance across the state lines. Oh, interesting. In effect, debunking part of McCarran Ferguson. Wow. Okay. McCarran Ferguson has been a soapbox of mine for years because it was passed in uh, 1945 by Congress. And it was in response to a Supreme Court decision. Okay. The Supreme Court decided that insurance was big business. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, surprise. And that, exactly, but that it must be held to laws governing business. Now, big insurance companies have always been big lobbyists. And I imagine in 1945, they were... Still, big lobbyists. 
basically what Congress did was give insurance companies carte blanche to have sovereign territories where they could set their tax, set their prices. You know, decide if they wanted to do business in that area or not, what their exposure would be. Okay. And Congress gave them 50 of them. Mm -hmm. And depending on how Puerto Rico was treated, possibly 51. Wow. So basically for years and years, we've been held hostage by insurance companies that did not have to set prices across state lines. Now, this was true for all insurance, health insurance, car insurance, property insurance, all insurance. Okay. Today, Trump took away their sovereign nation as it pertains to health insurance. My plea is that he would completely take it away for health insurance, I mean, for property insurance and car insurance you know, make it competitive, make it, make insurance operate as the big business it is. We spend more of our money on insurance than we do mortgages right? in this country, especially the middle class. Well, of course, because you guys are too busy suing each other that you need the coverage. <laughs> that that's that's way true i know that was also yeah, a that is, yeah that is there is i can't even begin to argue with that so so here but in canada i i hope oh, i'm sorry i cut you off i here in canada no, I, you're fine. I have to buy car insurance from the province but i can choose how far that insurance goes they basically have you know different packages and options of course uh I don't have to take those. I just need basic insurance coverage like liability insurance. And I can go with a private company, which often offers some better services than the province would offer. But a lot of people don't use the private insurance. They just insure through the province because it's one bill, less hassle. Whereas, you know, I pay two different kinds of car insurance, two different companies. Really? Yes. So you have a choice to buy it from the government or from private. Well, sort of. You have to buy certain coverage from the government and then over and above can come if from you want extra. third party. Okay. Yeah. So there, okay. there, you do have to write. Well, of course, it works together with your registration in the province and getting your plates and all that stuff. Now, let me ask you this. Is health insurance similar? You get it from the province, but if you want extra coverage for i don't know other services do you also buy add-on products you got it okay now now because basic a lot of the basic services are are covered uh in canada employers often get extra coverage as part of employee benefits so if you work for a bigger company chances are you have sort of health and dental that goes along with it what about medications? Because the yes, province same. insurance does not cover medications, correct? Right. And it, or it's it a covers little, some of them or not. Yeah, it, it kind of is like that. If you, if you have a disability, there's a certain amount of medications that, that are covered. If you need other medications that are not covered, your doctor puts in a form to the College of... Um, pharmacies or wherever down in our capital and you know 
they within usually 24 to 48 hours they approve you or turn you down now that was quite different when i had cancer i i just went up to the pharmacy and said you know i i don't have coverage for this and they they, they would just say give me five minutes and they would pick up this phone make a phone call and it would be approved which i had never seen happen before yeah but, but because you have that diagnosis yeah and this was the pharmacy right by the cancer clinic and everything so they dealt with uh cancer patients all day long seven days a week so right right yeah so we it is very similar that way i mean you get it from the province uh we're one of the only provinces that actually is still paying premiums uh to the province so we actually do have a, a small charge for our health care which seems to be um, on the talks about they're removing that, so we don't even have to pay that in the future. But it, it it's only possible because the the governments own the hospitals. Now you have private right. hospitals, and I cannot see this type of healthcare ever working in your country. But this is definitely going to help, and it's not something that I thought of before because we've discussed healthcare ongoing. Oh yeah, uh, for a while now. And even before we were podcasting, we were talking about, you know, healthcare. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it is my single largest um, expenditure. Right. In my household is, is health care. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, it was a good thing he did today. He didn't do it earlier because he was hoping that the Congress and the Senate would repeal and create something different. Right. So this is just a beginning to repairing little pieces of it. And, and I think that's what they had to do. I, I really don't know that repeal would work because we don't have the old system anymore. This opens the door. Opening up interstate trading of insurance and selling is the beginning to reestablishing the old system that we had that Obama care replaced right had you repealed it we would kind of we ran the risk of having nothing now of course nancy pelosi is just absolutely beside herself with anger but the one person that is never satisfied is rand paul because truly rand paul is a libertarian and he caucuses with the republicans because there isn't another party but he is completely behind this move. It was probably his idea for the, the president to sign this executive order. So at least one person's happy that one libertarian, he might be the only libertarian in the Senate. I'm, I'm not sure. But like we, I said, we wouldn't know that because you don't have two parties, which I think is a big problem with your political system. And you do need political reform. With technology, the way it is nowadays, things move so fast. Uh, everything's at your fingertips. And basically, that has created a lot more personality types. So it, people are freer to talk about what they think and give their opinion. You, all you have to do is go on Facebook to see that. So you think we're too limited? Yes. That Republican and Democrat Absolutely. needs to be broken down into smaller, like Republicans should be conservatives republicans and libertarians or and maybe democrats should be socialist democrats and green party something like that well it would stop republicans from acting like democrats and democrats acting like republicans how do you get anything done 
Seriously. Well, we don't. We don't. What I know about leadership in, in the corporate world is whoever's leading, you you have to have that front line of managers underneath you that's going to get things done with the front line staff. Well, that's broken with Trump because he can't rely on certain Republicans to back him up. Well, you know, I think it is broken with Trump. But I also think it's been broken for a very long time. I think that Trump has called him to the carpet. Right. It, it's just... I, they, they've spent years not doing much. Yes, yes. And and I think you're correct. This just didn't start with Trump. It just seems bigger with Trump or more magnified well, with and Trump. and it's... You know, I, I don't often want to quote things that Sean Hannity says because he can be a little off the wall for me. But, you know, he said that... Trump has five forces against him. And so I think that's what makes it bigger. The media, Democrats, the Washington deep state establishment, which we've talked a lot about, right. the establishment, Republicans, and the never Trumpers. Right. You know, and my guess is he has that Obama faction too against him. Yeah, and women. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but apparently women too. You know? <laughs> Uh, oh boy! So his yeah. job's not easy. I mean, I, by no means am I a Trump fan. However, I do sympathize with the tough job he has in front of him. If your frontline staff isn't loyal to you and able to work for you in your vision, then either the frontline staff has to go or, well, maybe the president. Um, I just read something earlier that said that Steve Bannon said there's only a 30% chance in his mind that Trump will finish his first term. Now that yeah. comes with from a guy that's been in the office with him. Although I, Steve Bannon can kind of say off the wall things, he is considered very knowledgeable. Yeah. Well, I don't think you can take all the personality types and all of the opinions and all the standing on one side or the other and stick them into two parties anymore. You guys need some serious election reform. I, you know, I, we need some kind of reform. Well, let me tell you how it worked in the province of BC the last election. So we had a, a liberal government. They're really the progressive conservatives that changed their name to the liberals a few years ago. That stuff goes on here. <laughs> um, so basically, it takes 44 seats in our legislative uh, assembly to be the majority to have a majority government. So that number 44 is is the key. Well, the Liberal Party only got 43 seats. And the New Democratic Party, uh, the majority of it, what pushed them over the majority was the Green Party had elected two seats and they decided to go with the New Democrats and form the next government for the province, which now we have a minority government which decisions have to be tread on very lightly because some of the, I mean, the Green Party may decide, well, we don't like this, screw this, and they cross the floor and all of a sudden you have another election because the majority is on the opposing side. So that's some interesting stuff that happened here recently. And so far, the what they're doing with some of these laws, are it's fantastic. They're, they're actually doing some things that the people really want. And have wanted for a long time. And they're doing some reversals of the last government uh, 
and uh, some of the bad decisions they made. But so far, it's nothing but good. So a minority government might be, you know, a, a good thing. In, well, in our forefathers were awfully afraid of it for the very reason you just explained. You could have two or three people come in and, you know, their fear was communism, of course, and be communistic. And because you broke up the two-party system, they could, in, in effect, be making the decisions. Like, But yet, despite everything our forefathers did, we have two or three people right now that are making the decisions for the whole country. John McCain is angry with Trump, hates Trump. He's not going to do anything. You know, Susan Collins wants to run for governor of Maine, and apparently most people in Maine are on public assistance. So she's voting more like a Democrat, and there's nothing you can do about it. You know, this Lisa Murkowski, I don't even know really what her story is. But And then you, you do have Rand Paul, who's really a libertarian. Right. Those are the people that are basically stopping everything. So in in a similar fashion, they are the minority and yeah. they're calling the shots, which is basically the same thing that's going on in the province which of BC. It, it is. I mean, and, and like I said, even though our forefathers put in place a system that they believed would help prevent that, all of these people identify as Republicans. It would be hard to say that they believe in anything more than what fits their own best interest. Right. They're really not thinking of their constituents. They're not thinking of the country, you know, and if they're out to hurt Trump, well, that's just ridiculous because there's 330 million people out here, mm-hmm. you know, besides Trump. Right. That's just silliness for adults and adults in government positions. You know, they would sooner let... Obamacare implode and people be absolutely put in the poorhouse over insurance and premiums than to sacrifice their own agenda. Yeah. And I think that's BS. And I, I do believe the next election, you will see Republicans voted in, but you will not see incumbents. I think that the next election in 2018, where there is going to be a whole lot of uh, congressional and Senate seats voted for, I think you're going to see a lot of upsets. But I don't think they're going to vote for the Democrats. I think they're going to put in some competition. Hmm. Well, I still say that there's there's more opinions and more personality types that just don't fit the mold anymore. Maybe it worked for your forefathers hundreds of years ago. I don't see it working. I just don't. I mean, it was neat to come to the conclusion, hey, we're kind of in the same boat right now, but at least we're seeing some progress on our side. This is the first day I've seen some progress that that. Well, Trump's yeah, this made. is temporary because if you were to vote in another uh, Democrat, they would erase his executive order just like Trump did many of Obama's executive orders. So it it is not foolproof. You know, he would have preferred that the Congress and the Senate pass a bill 
that could be made a more foolproof law. Right. But they didn't do it. I don't know. I guess we have to agree to disagree on this one. Yeah. And we don't always agree. But life's a journey and we're all in this together. Thanks for listening. Godspeed, Connor. Godspeed to all of our listeners out there. Godspeed, Grace. Thanks for listening. Dueling Dialogues is brought to you by our affiliates at IX Web Hosting. Click the banner on the rightleftchronicles.com to get up to 40% off your first year of the best hosting on the planet. Today's episode of Dueling Dialogue is brought to you by Saucy Eva. Gma's marinade is coming soon to a plate near you to gourmetize your meats and proteins.